Welcome, everyone. This is a controversial take episode 13, the Baker's Dozen, uh, lucky or unlucky 13, I guess, for, for some. Um, and today, as always, we have our regular wee bidders, uh, Peter Zane. Oh. Hello. <laughs> yes. Winners. Winners there. <laughs> Had to bring that up because today is obviously a fantastic day to be a wee bidder or a uh, to get a little bit of re-ram and um, it, it's got nothing to do with the podcast and a bit of an in-joke, but there is at least one other listener who is going to enjoy that. So, uh, and aren't, we, aren't we talking about life-changing uh, moments today? We are. Mm. Today's topic is life-changing moments and that will be one of the topics I think we talk about. Um, so, maybe a little blind faith. So there might have just maybe. been a life-changing moment today for, for, for a few of us. So Hopefully. So that's Hopefully. pretty good. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. We will get to that in a minute. This week, we have a guest. Now, by rights, he probably should have been on last week to celebrate and bask in his glory, but we are a podcast for the people. It's for the common man. So the number one thing we do is we have to bring everyone back down to earth. You've got to take you down a peg. So yes, you might have won the, the ultimate footy competition. And yes, last week would have been fantastic. But we chose to wait a week just in case Essendon lost and we could have you in when you're a little bit down. So Cameron <laughs> Newlands, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, but this ultimate footy celebration is going to go for six months. I, I uh, also do not doubt that. Can, can I just say, thank God Toby Green got suspended this week and not last week. <laughs> <laughs> that can unbelievable also, timing. Can I also just say that... Um, Cam is the most spoken about person hardly ever to get a mention on this podcast. Yeah. Um, is the first time a name's actually been mentioned? No, I, no, I deliberately I mean, mentioned it as part of the Olympics competition. Uh, yeah. I missed that part. Yeah, because you weren't winning that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although you picked the most winners, but you didn't win, fucker. <laughs> I think you I have been kind of mentioned. We've been definitely talked yeah. about nearly every episode, I would have thought. So yeah. you've done well. We've eventually named you. But yeah, congr- congratulations to Cam for winning the Ultima Footy. Um, Agreed. Coming. He, he had a really good tactic. <laughs> copying me. <laughs> that was, I was wondering you know, how long it was going to take you to, to bring that up. Not, not long yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. I think his tactic was much more thought out than what you um, have described. Because I think that he also... Uh, did some kind of like cyber hack to make sure that you couldn't actually rock yeah. up to the draft because he knew he knew that the only people in the AFL that you know were exactly. the people that you drafted yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and those those yeah. two that I drafted of his, well, they were great. He uh, he and he also went that extra mile and uh, made sure the computer picked a incomplete team for me. Just in I case, think, I don't think that was going to cause any difference <laughs> at all to, to the you result. Could have had another three players, uh, and it still uh, wouldn't have helped you. Yeah, Hello. can I just uh, say that in the draft, I remember I picked uh, Jack Darling, and the ridicule I got from everyone, but in particular from Pete, just was never ending all night, all draft. Second last week, scores were level between me and Tubbs. He, in fact, no, he led by a mark, and a minute to go. 
after the lightning storm in the Melbourne West Coast game. And West Coast came back from, what, five, six goals down to get it within a kick or two. But a minute to go, Jack Darling took one of the great marks. And that made me level with Tubbs, which meant because I finished on top of the ladder, I beat him in the first week of the finals. The desperation, the desperation of you to not only cyber attack Zane at draft time, but also to control the weather in Perth. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Notice notice it was a Jack that wanted for him. Watch watch, watch Tubbs draft Jack Darling round one next season. (laughs) (laughs) And then finish bottom. (laughs) Oh, dear. No, no, can, congrats, congrats! Yeah, I, I have to, I have to um, bow down to you on that one. You did very well. I know that must hurt you, so that means a lot. It does. It really <laughs> does. As much as as much as if Essendon were to win again this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know. <laughs> um, so, being a new guest. Uh, one thing we always always do is ask ask a couple of questions. So we're we're gonna Cam ask a few and ask for a couple of favorite stories as well associated. So the first thing um, we'd like you to do is to tell everyone how you know us, which is also possibly through a few other people. Um, and then because of that, we would like to hear your favorite Triple X story, being part of Triple X for nearly the entire time and probably one of the longest serving members now of that team. Um, and also because Tubsy's a favourite, a a favourite story of Tubsy's doesn't have to be your absolute favourite because you might not be able to mention that on 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 the on the podcast. But uh, a favourite, right? So how do I know you guys uh, through Tubsy? Uh, Tubs and I went to uni together, and went that was down in Gippsland in Churchill. And when we moved back to Melbourne, I think he moved back a semester or two before me. And he started playing basketball with you boys. And when I came back, he asked me to fill in one night. And I don't remember the game, but I must have been bloody good because I'm here <laughs> 16 years later. <laughs> um, you were, well, you were better than Tubsy. <laughs> and I think I took more rebounds than you. So um, I would, neither of those things are hard to do. <laughs> well, let's be honest. So let's let's be honest, right? You're, you're the replacement token white guy on the team, won't you? Just when Pete left, so <laughs> Pete nah, was there for a long there, time. He was there well that, before. That would, I have been, left. that would have been, I reckon, yeah, our second second. It was season. the it's the succession plan. So uh, it was about 2006, <laughs> I think, um, when yeah, I came I, back. So we've been yeah. around then. So that's at least 15 years. God, yeah, longer than I thought. Oh, that's a long time. It's a long. It's a long time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Pete and Tim were on the team then. So that's how I met you two guys. Um, Zane. I remember Zane obviously came back uh, for a holiday to Melbourne and he played one night. And just to sidetrack, remember those days when we used to get eight or nine players to a game? Yes. And, and then we'd get Zane coming from China to fill in. So we'd have 10. Import. And these days we're lucky to get four, let alone five. So, but I'm pretty sure Zane filled in one night um, and played one or two games and what I remember is uh, other guys who played one or two games for Triple X. So someone like Saundo, remember his game? He had a game-winning shot on the buzzer. Oh, yes. Yeah, fucked it up. He missed it, but at least <laughs> yep. it was memorable. Um, 
And Jacko, Jacko had a mate called Pat. And Pat was amazing. He, he dominated the game. He was, was great to watch. I think he won us the game by himself. And Jacko got so scared that he's never spoken to Pat again. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's never come back. And then there's Zane. And I have no recollection of Zane's game at all. So, yep. No, that sounds that's a Zane, right. that's a, that's a Zane game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he must have played well. Yep. <laughs> got him in one. Now, actually, actually, can I just say on that game, I actually hit a halftime buzzer beater, but none of you guys remembered. <laughs> was that is that in like while the are sitting on the bench having a drink and talking about it or was it a layout? I, I don't like to mention it. It's it's fine. It's just like everything, everyday thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> very oddly zane I, I actually do remember that and you had only just been subbed in because we left yeah. you on the bench for a long 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 time yeah i think i was on for 30 seconds and i was i touched the ball once shaz passed wow. it to me i think if we had 10 players like i wouldn't have subbed brendan wouldn't have subbed so there wasn't really much time going around did brendan yeah. ever sub Cam. <laughs> <laughs> The only time I can remember Brendan ever subbing was when he was injured. Or when his shoes broke. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have soft tape. Uh, both have happened quite a few times. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's how I met you guys. And 15 mm. years ago, one filling game, I'm, I'm still around. So it's been good. Fantastic. So off the back of that then, 15 years worth. Share, share, I want to say your favorite XXX story, but I know that... Uh, you've got a couple, so a couple triple X stories to, to share. Just it's definitely yeah. not my game. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, fifteen years. There's uh, more than one memory. So I've got a couple. Uh, actually, live my own Zane top five. Oh, um, oh, well, hang on. Uh, How long have we got, Tim? Hold, hold, <laughs> hold your horses. <laughs> and then there's an honourable sixth, which is the game we never talk about, but I might mention it tonight. Oh, okay. Um, so first one, uh, Tim, you remember this one, probably about three years ago, two, three years ago, playing a team called, uh, your mum, um, <laughs> bunch of young good. kids. It's a bit rude. Um, and it was a, it was a ladyish game. It was about eight o'clock I'd say. Um, and they were beating us. They were, they were playing pretty well. And there was a ball went out of bounds and it was clearly off them. And the ref called it off me like they usually do. And... <laughs> I had a I had a little bit of a sook and had to go up the kid. And oh, that's he, unusual. <laughs> very. And he had to go back and he, he said something like, um, "How old are you? Are you fifty? Shouldn't you be at home in bed?" <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was a grading game and we we're trying to lose, but I took that personally. It was a grading game. Um, I took that personally, and I think in the next time out, I told the team that we're going to win, <laughs> and we came back and ended up winning the game, and. As we shook their hands and walked off, I just shook his hand and casually said, not bad for a 50-year-old, hey. <laughs> and that's how the rivalry began. I think we've played him three or four times, and each time it's just straight at that bloke and just try and hit him, and it's good fun. Second one, I think, Pete, you are around. Uh, this is when we were actually a decent team. I think we were in Div 1 grading. I was definitely around Ooh. if we were a decent team. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, remember that first, we think we won Div 2 and we went to Div 1 grading. Yes. And we played the previous and we beat them. The curly hair guy, I remember. I can't remember the hair guy. What's the team name? Oh, no idea. I'll remember that by the end of the podcast. 
but they wanted to fight us at the end of the game. They were so pissed that they lost to us. We only um, had five players that night as well. Yeah. yeah. Spazzy. Wow. I think we realised that the next week we'd be playing like Jason Smith or former NBL yep. players. So we realised pretty quick that level Div 1 was not for us. <laughs> so, the next game was against Carving Up, who I don't think we ever lost to Carving Up. I think we beat them every time. And that one game we tanked deliberately. I remember I took a left-hand hook shot from half court in the first minute. And we lost by, what, 75 points? It was a lot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they scored 90. I remember them mucking around as if they were like gods. So, yeah, that, that I think was our first game we ever tanked. And that's just led to probably 12 years of tanking since. <laughs> um, you know, with games like scores level and 10 seconds to go, Tim with the ball and he just dribbles the ball out of out, the clock out. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a, a good game to start the tanking. Um, this bloke, point number three, is a triple X legend. Um, many stories about him. Tony. Had to be Tony. Had to be Tony. We had a story last week about him. So, <laughs> so not I, quite triple X. <laughs> Pete, you, I don't know if you're around then, Pete, but semi final, down by three. We're playing a team that we should beat, but somehow we were down. We had a timeout. Uh, we advanced the ball up the court so we could take the three. And in the timeout, it was like, just get to get it to Tim, get it to Mikey, whoever's there, just open three, let's take it. Somehow we passed the ball to Tony, and instead of taking a wide open three, he drove in for a, a layup. <laughs> and not only did he go for a layup, he also missed that layup. <laughs> and we lost the semi final by three points. That's the only, that's but, got many stories of Tony, but that's the one I'll say. Do you remember the one where, similar circumstance, I think we were up by a couple with. Um, not much time on the clock, but maybe like 15 seconds or something. And he took the inbounds pass and decided that he would try to run the clock by throwing it really high up in the air in Andy's <laughs> direction. And it just, it was just like, what the fuck did you just do? And why? Like you could have just given the easy pass. He always likes to make things complicated. There's one recently where we led by a couple. This might've been the four free throw game, Tim. And no, he passed, he passed it the wasn't ball the same line. game. Did you forget? <laughs> no, well, this, was more, this was more recent. This was only like two games ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was like four months ago, but still. <laughs> all, all he had to do was pass the ball to Mikey and we win the game. And somehow he passed it two metres behind Mikey out of bounds <laughs> and we lost the game. <laughs> oh, God. Um, talking to Mikey, uh, remember, Mikey's a pretty competitive player he, he doesn't back down from anyone but there was one game where he had a pretty easy rebound he just had to jump up oh. and get the rebound <laughs> yes until some little 10 year old kid who was about half Mikey's size jumped over the top of him and out rebounded him and it was that that was the highlight of the game nothing else mattered because Mikey was so pissed so angry and none of us have ever let him forget <laughs> um, and and the team we played was a team called just play where randoms turn up to fill in on this for the particular game every week and this guy definitely did not look like he played basketball 
Yeah, Mike would love that. Yeah. <laughs> and we remind him often. Um, Chris Yo. Uh, oh God. <laughs> he's a he's an avid listener listener of the podcast. So um, hi Chris. <laughs> make sure you go make sure you go very correct with this one. Um, or or at least stretch it in a funny way. Love having Chris as a teammate. We, you know, he'd always have our back. Um, the problem was that we didn't have his back. <laughs> <laughs> there was one game where he wanted to fight the entire team and it, they were all surrounding him and the rest of us went, you're by yourself, Chris. Oh. <laughs> you guys are bastards. <laughs> I, I don't think fight. any of us even knew what happened. <laughs> But to be fair, this has this has happened to um, a basketball team of ours before. Um, Charlie has went went down that path as well. And did you guys also step away? Yes. <laughs> didn't didn't Chris step on a guy? Yeah, he stepped on his foot while he was on the ground or something. Or oh, jeez, it wasn't wasn't much. And suddenly they wanted to fight him, and none of us wanted anything to do with it. So what I happened? Think he, I think he left pretty soon after that too. Chris, did he get ejected or? No, I don't remember actually. Don't don't think he did. But there was no fight, right? No, because oh. none of us wanted anything to do with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't get like you didn't get gambashed or something. <laughs> no. I wonder. How, I wonder how how clear the um the voice quality is um when this gets played back when you said gang bash. It'll be interesting. <laughs> Oh God, so that, let's not go there. <laughs> that is the five memories I had, and I had one honourable one which we vowed never to talk about. But it was such an amazing game, and <clears throat> still can't to this day can't believe it happened. But it was on court four against the top team, and Jacko made seven threes in a row. Oh yes, I heard uh, all about that. It, I I missed this particular game, so it's still myth to me. It, it just, it just somehow it happened. Um, Shaz and I were on the bench, and after about the third one, the discussion was: Do we give them to Tubbs? Do we give them to Brendan? <laughs> um, anyone but Jacko. And then after about the fourth or fifth one, I was like, "All right, let's sub him out because that's too much." Um, but somehow he stayed on, and I'll, I'll, it's the most unbelievable game. It'll never happen again. Um, but the greatest night of his life, without a doubt. We, we can confirm that it'll never happen again because this season we have tanked, we're tried, tried to tank for the, every game that we've played. And there was one where I'm pretty sure Jacko has missed at least 10 three pointers, and all of them have ended up wherever Cam was standing. <laughs> and it's not the same spot, all different spots. Some were air balls, some were off the corner of the backboard, some were just straight off the backboard. Where was Cam was standing, the ball went. I think, I think I scored 18 points that night. Yeah. They're all from Jacko's shots. <laughs> Those are called assists. I was going to ask, um, on on the night where he hit seven threes, Cam, sounds like you're the only one that knows this information. How many of them were actually like ring or swish? Like swish. how many came off the backboard? None. They were like swishes. They were, it was just what? perfect shots. It was, wow. and he was shooting from the same spot. It was like, 45 degree angle just inside the quarter court line and it was just everything was going in perfectly it was bizarre sounds wow. like the other team was tanking 
<laughs> <laughs> well, we played them a season later in grading, and this was the, the game, Tim, where Tony was off for the first 16 minutes. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then Tony went berserk and scored about 30 points in 10 minutes. Um, and they tanked that game. So, yeah, they probably did tank that game too. <laughs> but even if they tanked, Jacko still making seven threes is ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. It's like, you know, he'll, he can make seven threes, but he definitely won't make 50% of his free throws. The, the only thing that's ever explained anyone's great play for Triple X has been where a copy of Fifty Shades of Grey has been read by their partner yep. <laughs> around the time of, of the event happening. So there is a, we might have to chase this up with Mish, whether around that same time uh, she was partaking in, in a new book. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, like this is, I know we we had a, a period, uh, let's call it a purple patch, um, where um, people were, people's significant others were reading um, Fifty Shades of Grey and everyone was just dominating um, one after the other. This, But this one sounds way beyond that. This is like 80 Shades of Grey. Like, <laughs> so I don't know what the book was, but we, we definitely need to confirm that. It's called 28 Shades of Grey. <laughs> uh, very good that, that's unbelievable hey last week's um that, that was very good uh cam oh actually before we go to that um i did ask you about tubsy do you have right. a a favorite tubsy story that that you you could share because uh, you you did know him in in a different period to some of to some of us as well mm. yes i knew him in his um in his, his prime single his days pretty <laughs> uni and just dominating um yeah, uh, there is a story, but um, I'm not going to say it because I'm pretty sure he'd either kill me or never speak to me again. Um, but did you guys ever hear of... I've heard that story, Cam. <laughs> we, okay. I know the one. I know the one that you're referring to. Yeah, that can't be said. <laughs> uh, uh, do you guys ever hear of an event called the VB Ring Pool Night? No. No. Is that a uni night? Yeah, so... This is what early 2000s when we're at uni. Um, VB, what they do is they do a competition for the universities where you pull the ring pull off your cans and you keep it and then you collect 500 or 1,000, whatever, and you can trade it in for prizes. And okay. your uni collects, keeps the ring pulls. And then at the end of the year, they, they count them all up and we have, they have a big event in, in the Melbourne. And the uni with the most ring pulls wins an award. I can't remember what the award was, but Tubbs and I went to Monash Gippsland, which had about 2000 students, half of which were Asians who didn't drink VB. Um, they were on the scotches or whatever. So there weren't many people drinking VB, but somehow every year we collected the most. I think we went to footy clubs and cricket clubs and, but the event was up in the city. So we'd get on a bus maybe 100, 200 people on a couple of buses. And you could bring your own eskies full of booze. <laughs> um, so we'd be on the beers all day. Then we'd get on the bus and go up to Melbourne. Um, and we're all on it. Tubbs and I were on it. And there's a couple of toilet stops along the way. Um, I think at Trafalgar. And then Officer. And at Officer, where we stopped, was one of those big country petrol stations you know have all the truck stops and the the car wash and the big truck washes and all the blokes were lined up against the fence having a piss 
And this is probably Tubbs' smartest idea ever. He put a dollar coin in and got the uh, the hose for the truck wash and just sprayed every bloke along the fence as they having a piss. And the, uh, <laughs> watching guys try to um, tuck themselves away as they're trying not to get wet from Tubbs, it was still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, oh. So what... Did Sorry. you know all these guys? Did, did Tubbs know all, all, all the guys that he, he hosed? Uh, you, you know of them, but you weren't. We didn't know everyone. Uh, uh. <laughs> He'd had a few drinks. Oh, yeah. um, anyway, so then we got to the event. Was it um, oh, near Crown? What's that bridge near Crown called? Uh, QV. Uh, QV, yeah. Remember the old QV say. nightclub? Yep. Um, yep. So I was in there and it was a big night. And um, there was a girl who went to uni with us. Um, and Tubbs liked her and he was just staring at her all night. And at one stage ago, he just said, I'm going to go kiss her. And he jumped up, <laughs> ran onto the dance floor, gave her a kiss, not very long. Uh, and as soon as he stopped, he just ran away. Uh, and I don't think he ever spoke to her ever again. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> so, well, uh, classic that, move. That was a classic Tubbsy night. Um, but just one thing I just thought of, uh, do you guys remember he introduced us all to VCDs and mm. remember them? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and the, he, he started off burning the DVDs and he, we lived together at the time and there's, um, five guys in the house and one girl that when we lived together, but he rang us up on the way back from Melbourne one night and he was so excited. And, um, he goes, I've, I've got the Paris Hill, Paris Hills and porn. DVD, and I have a copy for each of you. <laughs> he, he got back to Gippsland in record time and handed out these copies, and he was like the king around uni with all these burnt DVDs of Paris Hilton's porn. And um, just not all heroes wear capes, I guess. This actually, like, I have very similar stories of Tubsy from high school, but he just moved on from like handing out all the lollies from the milk bar to handing out the Paris Hilton porn. Either way, it's what, it's what the people wanted. He's always been a people pleaser. Absolutely. Man of the people. <laughs> Love it. That's why he gets so much, uh, so much fan mail for um, his yeah. controversial take uh, episodes. No one else gets any fan mail. He gets it. That's true. That's true. And it, with these it, stories, he's probably going to have yeah. even more fans now. So yeah. This hasn't does, done anything to Del yeah. It does sound like Tubsy has regressed um, in the uh, picking up girls department, though. From what I've seen um, on the boys' trips, he uh, hasn't really done much. He, he didn't even go kiss any of the girls. <laughs> but he did run away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was, that's correct. <laughs> he did it. He's just changed the order of operation. That's all he's done. Run, run away first and then go, oh, I should go and kiss her. Oh, wait, I'm, I can't see her anymore. <laughs> so he's kept 50%. Oh, dear. Um, we're t Today's topic is life-changing moments. Before that, last week, we talked a little bit about some memorable random moments and one before we go to the life-changing topic uh was something that i mentioned at the start i think of last week's show around a triple x christmas kk shoe um thing that we did and i thought while well, we've got cam on here uh because he he was the recipient of one amazing pair of shoes 
we should just uh, go a little for a little bit of a trip down memory lane because uh, Pete did um, talk about the Ewings, which were a a bit of a fan favourite from that particular day. Uh, for most people, um, you probably wouldn't have, have seen Ewings in the last twenty years, thirty years probably, if at all. Uh, they they still kind of exist in a, in a retro format. They've come back and they do weigh uh, as much as they did back in the nineties, about two kilos at least each. Um, and and foot injuries and knee injuries have gone down significantly um, <laughs> in correlation with the uh, popularity of Ewing's, I think. Absolutely. And so, Pete, you got a pair, which of very bright as well, which That's you very have bright. played in a few times. I have. Um, yep. And, and I haven't sure been able to helped. walk afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Now, yep. and, and I've tried to play in them twice. Uh, both times I've changed shoes at halftime. Um, I nearly died one time trying to change direction. That didn't happen. <laughs> My body was going directly straight and I was not turning. So I, I remember throwing the ball away. Um, but they had a special ankle protection, which um, turns out is probably more like an ankle weight than a protection. It, it does not do anything except for stop the movement in your, in your feet completely. Um, but I, I, So the two of us got, got pairs of viewings. Uh, Cam, what did you get that particular day? Well, I'm still angry about it. <laughs> um, From Tony, I should say. Tony. Once again, Tony. Everyone else got basketball shoes. They might have sucked. They might have hurt your ankles and, and whatnot. But at least you got a pair of basketball shoes. I got a pair of all black referee shoes. <laughs> with can put basketball in them. With fluorescent uh, laces to stand out. <laughs> Uh, uh, so good. Tim made a, a, a joke one day in the group chat about someone should get me ref shoes, and obviously Tony put all of three seconds thought into it and just bought those <laughs> shoes. So yeah, I'm still angry. Uh, I also wore them for a game, and I think I took them off after five minutes because I nearly did my knee twice. But did you get any fouls caught on you? I, I think I was had four fouls by that stage. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not about the shoes, but. Anyway, so yeah, not happy. Um, and next time we do it, uh, I am demanding proper shoes. Oh, and, and we should do Tony. it again. Yeah, probably not Tony. Um, did, did, was there a, a pair of fake Jordans that somebody got? As well? Tony might have been the recipient of a pair of fake Jordans, I think. Don't it could have been Atch who got them for him. I can't quite recall, but I, I, I definitely know that, that someone got a pair of, of fake Jordans in there as well. Um, there, there are a few, definitely a few good ones. Um, the w one person who actually came out of that um, with a long-term pair of shoes was Jacko, who I don't know when we actually did this KK. It must have been five years ago, at least. Um, he has been wearing that same pair of shoes that he received from the KK, which I think, did you get them for him, um, Cam? Or was that Tubsy? I got them for him. And I think he also wore them on one of his Oxfam. Yeah. If not, he did walk at least one of the legs. He did one one checkpoint with them, 10Ks. Yeah. He oh, showed yeah. me them the other day. I was on a web webcam with him and he, he just sort of reached next to his desk and pulled them out. I was like, still got these lying around? Like, I think he's displayed them somewhere. So yeah. I, I think he, he absolutely loves them. Um, not, not long ago, uh, somebody actually came up and asked where he got those shoes from. So really, like, yeah. Wow, his ego is through the roof over those shoes. I, I um, spent, and I spent hours camp. searching for them, looking for them. Great pair. Obviously, picked the right one. 
and I got a pair of ref shoes from Tony. <laughs> we were going for the most outlandish shoes possible because they are fluoro light bright blue. Um, and, and Li Ning, I think, was the brand yep. that sold the most out there ridiculous fluorescent shoes. And it turns out he loved them. So I think next time he needs the black shoes <laughs> to go the other way and see how he goes in those. Well, on that competition, because I was I flew in um, for the um, for the Christmas Chris Kringle, not just for yeah, that, but for other things, I ended up purchasing three pairs of shoes um, for for that because um, I thought it would be hilarious. I had Shaz to get him some some shoes that glow, so they have the the lights in the bottom of them, and you know he's running around the court and his lights fucking going everywhere. I thought that would be hilarious. Um, so I had ordered a pair um, uh, that came in, never made it to my house. So some dude in Singapore customs is just walking around in these bloody shoes, right? <laughs> then then um, we go to, well, I get him um, something else because it was right up against time. So I got him a pair of um, pink Converse All-Stars or something. Um, but then I ended up picking up the original shoes when I was on my travels in Bangkok and sent them down to him, I think, or brought them down the next time I was down. Um, and then after all of that, he wore them once and threw them away. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, you that's ask very disrespectful. I, I, I remember that game and Shaz is not the best athlete. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> he took one jump. And that was it. He couldn't move for the rest of the game. <laughs> but that's normal. Like, don't blame the shoes. You shouldn't have jumped. <laughs> I know. It says don't jump. It says that. Well, uh, it definitely does because after he jumped, that light-up function never worked again. On those shoes. <laughs> <laughs> he, pushed, he obviously pushed the off button. <laughs> Someone, uh, you guys should have um, bought a, sh- a pair of shoes where they had the inbuilt roller skates in there. That would have been fun. <laughs> I think somebody actually put that forward as an option. And we did say you need to be able to actually get onto a basketball court with them without dying. Now, obviously, oh. what, what ended up happening is most of the shoes we got nearly killed people anyway. But, uh, yeah, maybe for, <laughs> maybe for next time. Well, J- Jacko would like them. He could take them to the playground. Yeah, there, yeah. Will, there will definitely be a next time. That is for sure. Yep. Hey, let's move on to life-changing moments. Hey, before we do, Tim, I'm going to take you back to your run sheet. You you did put on there, I believe, uh, some Paralympic discussion. Which I was going to move to the end, but we can do it now if you'd like. No, bring it forward because I've, I've, I've been watching the Paralympics um, and probably others have not. But you know how sometimes, and this maybe this will be life-changing to you guys, but yeah, sometimes you're watching something and you're like, you, then you go and fact check oh wait zane doesn't know what fact checking is but uh, you know other guys you other guys <laughs> hey, you, gonna, you might go and fact check something and then you know you go down a rabbit hole of just looking at shit and and then you're like well what the hell like that's interesting that's interesting and i've i've pulled uh, a zane top five of interesting sporting things mainly because i was watching the paralympics discus and whatever classification it was it was for people that have something wrong with at least one of their legs, I think. And um, the first throw I saw was a lady from Lesotho, I think is, I don't know how to pronounce the country. She threw five and a half meters. 
And I was what? like, what? Like, what is going on here? But anyway, um, turns out like uh, the Aussie girl that was in it ended up winning bronze. She threw like 37 or 38 metres and, and the gold medalist was like 40, 45 and, and second was 44, both from China. Um, yeah. Five metres? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, but this made me look up the discus world record because I was like, oh, okay. dude, yeah. like I think I could... Like I could underarm this thing further than that, but did you know? Little known meters, fact. Right? Tell me, tell me how far you think the discus world record uh, is for men or women. Throw me whichever one you like. I think women is like sixty-five, sixty-three, sixty-five. And men? Men's probably around. I would say seventy-five, maybe eighty. Yeah. Any other takers on that? Uh, what I if I throw? Ben's pretty on the money. What if I throw you a fact bomb and tell you that the women's discus world record is higher than the men's discus world record? What? I mm. need to fact check your facts. No, no. don't fact check it. It's, it's true. And, and Zane's on the money with the, with the numbers, 74 metres for, for the men back in 1986. And the women, 76.8 metres back wow. in 1988. There you go. Um, is, that, is it a Soviet Union woman? Like one of Jang's women? No, I don't think so. But I, oh, then I was looking at West, why. Is it a West German full of drugs? Yeah. Gee. Yeah, but they're both uh, West German. So they're both full of drugs. Uh, so uh, I think we... The discus think is lighter, right? The discus is lighter for women. That's the thing, right? The discus is yeah. lighter. And, and, and then it had me thinking, well, what about other events? Like, and, and, I, and then I, I moved on to Javelin and I was having a look and as... As you would expect, um, the javelin world records between men and women, um, men, is, men is quite a bit higher. Mm. But did you know that the javelin world record for men mm. is 98.48 metres, right? So mm. very, very, very close to the 100 metres. Mm. Yeah. But, but this guy, again, another, another one of these um, West German heroes, um, this guy in 1984 threw the javelin 104.8 metres. Yeah, I knew that. And they had to, they had to add weight to the javelin so, uh, so it, they don't throw it out onto the stands or something. <laughs> Wouldn't they just make the stands bigger? Like, no, but isn't that the truth? Isn't that a fact? No, right? no. So, oh. so, so what happened? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds like a fact. <laughs> Sounds okay. black and white to me. Just like yeah. so, what, so, what happened is, what happened is, in 1986, they changed the center of gravity of the javelin yeah. to forward or bring it back, whichever yeah. way it is, um, because because people were not landing the javelin in the ground. Right, so they had to move the center of gravity. Yeah. And this thing got me thinking, hang on. And, and they reset all the world records, which is pretty bullshit, to be honest. Mm. Like this 104 meters should stand because it's the only person to ever throw over 100 meters. Um, but it, it got me thinking. I was talking about this story of childhood sports and said Tubsy was, represented us in the javelin because he was the only one that could fucking throw it and land it in the ground. Right, I reckon Kimura had a javelin from probably the 1970s, and this is not my fucking fault. I think this is this is bullshit. I I, I I'm challenging Tubsy right now to a javelin contest. That's <laughs> what I'm right. going to do with a new age 
your age center of gravity, center of gravity uh, yeah javelin. javelin yeah and i think i think we should someone needs to acquire a javelin and bring it to a boys trip somehow and we need to have a javelin off i am not buying that on top of <laughs> i'm sure they have it like china china's got to have javelins available right yeah. Raise some questions. Me bringing a sharp and sharp stick. <laughs> no, just just say that you're, you know, I'm a javelin thrower. You're a javelin thrower. <laughs> you can get away with it. Did but you know? know? Okay, you know, Tom's other... moved on from javelin. He's he's now into archery. <laughs> well, but I still he's still he's still got a good shoulder. Um, but did you know? Then the other thing I looked up was um, the longest standing world record or Olympic record. Um, mm. In, in the in the Olympics and, and it's in the it's in the athletics um, particularly on the field do you know when which Olympic Games this world record was uh, not world record Olympic record um, was actually achieved still standing um, I'm guessing Give me a year. 1960 1960s which year oh uh, is it the, is it the long jump long it jump is the long jump, jump. 1968 man you guys know wow. your trivia yeah <laughs> got beaten by mike powell by by five centimeters in 1991 wow. but still Six. the second biggest Six. jump of all time um and and apart from all of these things the only other thing noteworthy about the paralympics is that china has 68 gold medals wow like no one else yeah, is even I think, competing i think china really cares Crazy. about uh, about this event Whereas the other one, the other countries are not that caring. And, you know, we have a larger population, right? So that we have more disabled people. Lucky we didn't do a, um, a competition for this because Zane would have dominated. <laughs> I don't know. We, we, no, we everybody would have just gone to China. See? Yeah, yeah you see? Cam? Cam yeah. always adopts my hey. <laughs> Full circle. Uh, uh, except, except Charlie. Hey, Zane, uh, are there many jacks in China? No. <laughs> there are actually i think there are <laughs> jack ma <laughs> yeah jack ma so everyone's going to be named jack soon yeah <laughs> they probably have the most jacks in uh of any country mm. you're probably right not officially but yeah people <laughs> yeah. just named themselves jack if they chose a, chose a name yes i think yes. right. <laughs> if you go to someone and say if you don't have an english name can you name yourself they'll probably name themselves jack well, how did you come up with Zane? Oh, I checked the dictionary. You named yourself, though. Yeah. I, I remember you dictionary. saying that to me one day. And yep. you found Zane. You didn't flip yep. it very far. No. Well, I flipped. Well, depending <laughs> on which way I flipped it, right? <laughs> which. Well, or you flipped, way. flipped it all the way back. to the end. Yeah. <laughs> you just read the back of the book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought it was after Billy Zane. I thought you must have like, but but no. he's not that old anyway, is he? No, I don't think he was famous back then. No, it would have been a pretty obscure name. <laughs> I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? the story. Okay, the story is. Oh, the there's a story. <laughs> well, half story. The literal when translation. Was, when did wait? When did you name yourself Zane? What year? 1991. Mm. Yeah, 1991. So, so when I um. When I was looking for an English name, um, you know, I, I was looking at the Chinese uh, English to Chinese dictionary, and they had you know a list of names that's been translated. And uh, Zane's translation had a character that is the same as my 
um, my Chinese name's character, so I just picked it. So that's very logical. In 1991. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. I'm just reading Billy Zane's Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> what did he what, he's a, his film? His film. Um, his film. Uh, what's that? What's that called? Film. Oh, Whatever it's called. <laughs> no, I'm just reading about the, 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 the nineteen the nineteen nineties for oh, Billy Zane. Zane's first starring role in a nineteen ninety independent film with a low budget was the low budget science fiction thriller Megaville. Wow. I That's suspect awesome. I suspect that he was probably doing some rock throwing. You saw it and you were like, <laughs> I could be this yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. He was also the Phantom. <laughs> he was the Phantom years later. Yeah. One of the uh, Marvel characters. Huh? <laughs> any other interesting facts, Pete? Or was that That's everything? No, there isn't. There's a couple more, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue. That's your role, mate. Well, I'm going to throw it straight back to you because it's it's life-changing moments. And I'll, given we're on a bit of a sport theme, I thought we'd start with you, Pete, because you do have a kind of sporting story. Well, it's it's also my favourite triple X moment of all time. Um, and I'm 100% surprised that, that Cam didn't mention it. But uh, it's possible that this was pre-Cam uh, because I, I think, think it would have... Pre-Cam. Definitely, definitely made a top good. five. Um, definitely top five. So, um, you know, not trying to be too heavy on this episode, are we, with life-changing moments? But um, can I say that it was my basketball skill and prowess that made LK fall in love with me? <clears throat> and I, I go back to a Triple X game. I don't know what year it was. Um, would have been the year after... Um, the Commonwealth Games were in Melbourne. What year was that? 2007? No, no, no. It can't be. I was playing uh, it. Was, it was two, before. 2006 is the right year. So, so for, the, for the game, so it would be 2007. So really? we're talking to, I think we're talking Early 2007. 2007 or we're talking Did you and LK get together after I left for, for China? Uh, maybe. I, I mean, when, the first time I ever uh, saw her and then went to court her, so this was probably about six months before we got together, was at your ex-girlfriend's birthday party. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I didn't leave straight away after that. No, so. but six months later was when we got together and then we, were, then we were going out and then she was watching. This was when she actually came to watch basketball games. <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> she didn't know anything about basketball, so... Um, so, so definitely thought, not 2007. Actually, no, no. So she but actually anyway, thought we were matter. she thought we were pretty good. Um, really? Yeah, <laughs> and and you know and and that, but and you know I think she would say to her friends, "I just got to go and watch my boyfriend go and play basketball," and you know all this kind of stuff. And at that time, as Cam mentioned, like we were dominating teams and actually winning because uh, we were yeah, on our we way from <laughs> Div Seven up to Div One. We could actually um, run. We could run, uh, not fast, but we could. Um, but in this particular game, um, and it, the good thing about it is, and uh, hopefully she doesn't listen to this, but she will. Um, but the good thing about this is that uh, she doesn't really have a great memory of this moment um, because let me explain the story that she tells people, right? So the story she tells people is 
you know, this guy, I'm going out with him, not really sure, um, but he's athletic and it's, and it's, and it's you know, that's, I, I find that attractive. And I go to this game, they're, they're down by a couple of points right at the end of the game. He hoiks this like three-point shot at the buzzer, full court shot, and it goes in and he walks off like nothing happened. And it, it was so cool that I was just, I just knew it. I just knew that he was the one, um, you know, and from that moment, like things just went on the up and up, right? I've never told her this, but what actually happened was, <laughs> what actually happened was the game ended and we lost. And I got the ball and piffed it in frustration down the other end of the court. Like I, I, actually, I was aiming at the ring, right? But I've just piffed it in frustration because it's the end of the game. And it went in, right? So it, it literally went in. And I walked off because I was pissed off. The- <laughs> <laughs> so, so our marriage could be based on a lie um, oh. of, of her memory, right? Um, but, yeah. It was, it was pretty, f- like, that moment yeah. is obviously life-changing, right, because of what yeah. resulted, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Had, you, way- had you hit the buzzer beater, you would have done the tubsy for sure. No, but I don't think we even had a buzzer, buzzer beater opportunity. Oh, I, think no, the, I know. Well, I think yeah. the clock ran out and then, <laughs> you know, then we got the ball and then I just piffed it because, uh-huh. as Cam knows, like, I like to take the, the last shot or the half-court shot or the long-range shot because I never pass it to him. Uh, okay. down the court but um, yeah <laughs> very stretch five that that night but yeah so there you go tip that's life-changing moment that has um two versions of it um i'll take i'll take lk's version if you don't mind yeah uh yeah can we we might need to to dull that back because there might be another life-changing moment when she hears that <laughs> 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 This is your life-changing moment. (laughs) I actually said to her, uh, I said to her, we're talking about life-changing moments and I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell the story of the full court shot. And she was like, oh, that's so nice. Like, yeah, that's a good moment. You can tell that. You know, that was, that was a game changer. That's right. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it was game changer. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes down. Okay. If you're, uh, if you're listening, it doesn't change anything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too late <laughs> yeah it's all been locked in now it's, it's been locked in one take podcast can't take it back yeah now. Uh, you're not going anywhere because of COVID anyway yeah thanks for starting there Tim that was great <laughs> that was beautiful um, I don't know how I, I'm going to follow up on that so I'm going to pass the can to do it <laughs> oh, mine's similar it's about Bianca and how we met but um Went to the races on Emirates Stakes Day, and it was a last-minute decision to go. <clears throat> and excuse me, went with my friend Adam, and we ran into one of our mates' ex-girlfriends, uh, and she had about three or four girls with her. And there was one blonde and one brunette that Adam and I both took fancy to. And we went off to buy drinks, um, and we, as we went off, we basically the discussion just went. I like the blonde. Adam goes, I like the brunette. <laughs> we're sorted. And he was just looking for a, a bit of fun on one nighter, and that's what he got. And I was looking for a girlfriend, and that's what I got. And now, 14 years later, happily married to Bianca. And 
it was Emirates Stakes Day, and I uh, jokingly call it Mistakes Day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah the best uh life-changing moment i probably could have wow so um, good the, uh, i was gonna say very easy to remember but it does change every year so not, not quite actually but uh, you got a day <laughs> a day on day of that, mm. that the racing yeah. carnival i like that it's nice it's a nice story um, you can follow that one zane Jeez. i was gonna say zane <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. So where, where are you going to start? Now, now that story. We're, it seems like we've started with significant others first. So, oh, no, I don't, don't know. Because that, that, I, I know. I mean, I mean, go. I mean, you know, it's a bit heavy, you know, but look, I think, I think, you know, a life changing moment for me is winning the ultimate footy. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty heavy. Wait, the first time or the, or the pseudo second? Oh, no, no, no. The first. The first time, because it obviously, you know, sets, you know, it set a pre precedent, right? So, um, you know, I, I, you know, this is a competition that I knew nothing about. I haven't, I've been in China for 10 years. I haven't well, followed footy at all. So, went into the uh, competition knowing nothing, knowing none of the players. Well, I guess I, I knew some, but not that many. And they were all, the they were all old, you. right? I was looking for Johnny Platten and Andy you know. Collins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, where's where's Dermot Brennan? You know. <laughs> uh but I think Sam Mitchell was still around. Or, or was he? No, it was the other Mitchell. Mitchell. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I had a Mitchell. And uh basically um went with a team of Jacks when that. So, you know, set a good precedent for the following year. For Cam, thank you. Can I? Can I yeah, say? Obviously, obviously, changed his life as well. You know, <laughs> he, can you I know, say it, some... it's, it's sorry. Uh, just let me finish. Yeah. Um, changed his life in the, in the fact that he's he got an invite to this beautiful podcast. You know, <laughs> life changing moment. <laughs> That's very true. I'm very appreciative. Something must have happened to you, uh, like some kind of um, Midas touch has come over you, Zane. Because like, I've known you for a long time and you've never been the guy who, you know, if we're doing something for the first time, will be the one that picks it up first, takes on the strategy and, and wins it, right? That's not you. That, that's not your wheelhouse. Your wheelhouse is slow to pick it up and then over time might just grind out a win here and there. <laughs> But I'm pretty good at Roto. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like uh, Roto, you know, as as things have changed, you've won three in a row. You you won you won the Ultimate Footy first year. You won the Olympics competition first year. Like you are on a streak, hot streak. I'm yeah. gonna. I I will be following uh, whatever you do next. I'm I'm gonna follow Thanks. it. I think, I think something it's, it's, something's happened that's changed your life. No, I don't. I don't think it's anything that's happened to me. I think it's just you know um, what other people haven't done. So <laughs> <laughs> I've just did everything the same way, but other people just be lazy, right? So everyone else is like, oh yeah, I can wing it. So is so is fantasy your primary job? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> well, this is this is how he lured you into the. Um, 2K bet, Tim. Yes. <laughs> he plays the long game these days. He's, he's lured Charlie yeah, into to thinking he can beat him in Roto and then smash three in a row. Like, yeah, I think he's... Uh, it's a hustle. It's a long hustle. Huge <laughs> hustle. Huge hustle. 
Life changing. I like that. Life changing. Yes. <laughs> so Tim, your story. I, I'm going to follow that up with, uh, maybe something that's life changing because it started the trend for something that we do uh, often now at either after after events or on boys trips, which is to play roulette, which is a game entirely of I would say luck, but I reckon strategy the way we do it. So the, the, the actual first time... I thought you were going to say skill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it depends. Depends how drunk we are. It could be some I would say I would say the way we play it, it's a game of timing. <laughs> no, no, no. The skill, I think, most recently for me that I've worked out is that if Pete's playing, I need to stop playing. Yes. Wait till he leaves. But another story. The first time uh, we, we did... A or well, we we, ha- we were successful, I think, which is probably what what's then led to um, the ongoing group roulette that we play. Was at the end of a Bucks night or Bucks day, actually. Yeah. Um, which which was for our friend Kelvin, um, who we mentioned last week, Mister Nugget Man, um, and and it was his Bucks, which um, and a bit of a segue into into camp story was we were at the uh, the races that particular day uh, but in Caulfield um, and that day obviously we're at the races bit of gambling um, I don't think we did that well on, on the horses from from memory but uh, it was a little bit rainy as well we headed back into the city after after the uh, the event um, Kelvin got very 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 drunk during the day and at dinner uh and i think his dad was there and maybe maybe father it was a great actually beautiful dinner it was a fantastic dinner um Mm. he was not in a good way (laughs) by the end of it (laughs) he was not his brother i think was his brother uh, had to take him him on yeah yes and then took him home um and but we're on definitely around south bank so uh pete myself and nick wong headed to the casino um and i thought we were going to have a bit of a dabble put it put i think 50 dollars down each um to to play a bit of roulette team roulette uh which as as per usual and all of our stories we we give money to pete to be the one to hand out and and lead the the charge so um i i can't remember what the the minimum on the table was but it was relatively low uh but pete gave us all a couple of chips every time around to, to place down and we were mainly playing um right on on the heads on the numbers um so and we would have been doing this for a little while the number the i think the our, our funds were going down slowly um as as we went through um i think we had a win here or there obviously when when you hit on on one of your numbers on the heads you're getting a nice little payback uh so that that prolonged it a little bit but somewhere along the line um we started accidentally um kind of ending up on the same number um, and, and there's a few of us who have similar kind of numbers. The 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 the, uh, the guy who was rolling the ball started to hit a few in the similar area of the board. So I think we're, we're chucking them down in a similar similar area. One particular um, roll comes up, and uh, I'm not sure who did it first, but somebody's dropped their their uh, their chip onto 24. And as a joke, um, someone else has then put it on 24. And we thought, well. We're all on there. Why don't we all throw it down? We're going to lose our money. We're nearly at the end. So we've got three chips on 24. Obviously, the ball rolls, goes around a little bit, bounces around. Bang, 24. Goes off. Nice. Celebration. Fantastic. 
we get paid out. We're celebrating. Pete gives us more a few chips. We throw it on the table. Ball goes round again. We're like, oh shit, we didn't take our chips off. They're still on 24. Oh. Where does it land? <laughs> Bang, 24, two in a row. Oh. <laughs> night, night done. Um, and uh, a little bit after that, we cashed out. Uh, it was about mm, close to 500 each. Was it 500? My, my memory, if my memory serves me, we got three in a row. Three well, I might row. need to validate this with Nick Wong. But I think the third one, we loaded up more. I, that could be right. We did load up one. I just don't know if it was all in a row, but, but it may well have been. It, it, I, I can't remember what the table was, but we, I'm we just walked thinking away about, with quite I'm a lot of money. The money that we walked away with. I'm, I, I, I was sure that it was three in a row, but, but yes, 24. Yes. But mm. it was 24, and that was the start of 24, which has later turned into, into other numbers. Um, but 24, that was the first time. Um, from there, I do remember our luck continued, and and uh, Nick, well, we couldn't actually split all the money, I don't think, evenly when we when we uh, cashed out. So we had an extra 50 bucks left, and we thought, why don't we hit the pokies? Um, and so, so we did that. Uh, turned that 50 into even more winnings on the pokies that we were able to nice. cash out. And had the, that was the best best night for gambling for a long time for us. Um, and that was the start of it. And that has then, I think, has become life-changing because from since that time, every time we go on a group trip or there's a, a boys' night out, we hit the roulette table as a group. And we've had some good and some bad, but mostly good nights, I think. We've always had good nights. Yeah. Well, maybe not necessarily cash rich. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> only, only a few, yes, not so good on in, in terms of dollars, but yes, <laughs> always a good night, <laughs> fun-wise. Fun the, the trip after, uh, the Bucks party after Kelvin's was yours, Tim. Yes. I remember because we hit the, hit the tables in the Gold Coast and I don't think we hit a number. In, no, I, I'm pretty in sure three reloads, and we reloaded many times and hit nothing. <laughs> that ended very quickly. I remember that one was terrible, but I, um, I think that was ten minutes and a lot yeah. of money down the drain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, great trip. Terrible casino. Yeah. Uh, I will throw to Pete. I can throw it back to me. Okay, I, okay, I'll, I've got, I've got one here. Okay, um, I think that after high school, I was on track to uh, replicate, but ahead of time, a side hustle that you were talking about, Tim, which was your side hustle at uni. If, if I heard your story correctly when you were talking about it, and I don't know that much about your university because we're at different unis, yep. um, you did a, did you do a straight accounting course that like... Uh no, scholarship and business systems. Is it the scholarship one? Uh, I was on a scholarship, but it wasn't itself. No. Ah, so, th so I've mistaken it, but there was a course that was available at the time that Monash was running that was a cadetship ah, um, yes. course, the straight yep. accounting one. Yep. And I had some very bad advice, let's say, um, because of the school I was at and, and, and year 12 and... And I had that course as my number one preference for uni. And uh, number two preference was uh, Comlaw at Melbourne and then down from there. And because my 
course counselor suggested it. I had a couple of safe ones, um, which were um, some TAFE courses. Uh, and then, and then <laughs> when, when my, I was like, what, <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, don't have much belief in me. Um, when I ended up getting my results, uh, the, um, you know, they send, they, they give you your offer for whichever is the highest one that they can offer you. Um, mm. I don't know if that continued, but yeah, that's, that's how they did it in my day. They ring me up or they send me, send you the letter or you're looking on the computer. I think it was the first time I actually think I saw it the first time at Tubbsy's house. Actually, maybe that was just a result, but anyway, they offer me com law at Melbourne and I'm like, well, fuck, that's a long way away from my house. Um, actually com law at Melbourne was my third preference. Com law at Monash was my second preference and they didn't offer, offer it to me. Because I got in through what? some access program, targeted access program, because oh, yeah, yeah. I was through, I was through a shit school, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, the same one I got on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they offer it to me. Um, and I don't, I've never been to Melbourne Uni before. Um, and I'm really gunning for Monash because it's just down the road from where I live. It's going to be many more people from school that are going there. Um, and I don't know anyone at Melbourne. Um, so anyway, I, I go down for, there was some like pre-orientation or something like that um, or, or some kind of day that they had out there before the second round offers came out. And I attended, I went there and I was looking around. The thing that took me, um, I don't know if you just heard my dog burp, but she, <laughs> I, I, I went on to mute before to let her in my room and now she wants to get out, but she just let out an almighty burp. Um, Anyway, um, the thing that I noticed when I went to Melbourne Uni and I'm walking around law school and looking around, I'm going, holy shit, where have all these hot women been? Like, why are there so many hot women at Melbourne University? I couldn't believe it. And I then proceeded to change my allegiances on my preferences. And like, you couldn't actually change it, right? But I'm like, come law Melbourne? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Yep, yep, definitely staying here because, I, like, I don't know. I don't know what happened, right? But it was like, yeah, it was, it was so a pretty went, good moment. You went, into the, you, went, you, you went to the city and you, you saw a whole new world. <laughs> whole new world, man. Like, where's this been all my life, right? Um, what is this Parkville place? <laughs> I know, right? And then, and then um, it was funny because then I kind of, I was try, kind of transfixed on that. Um, and lo and behold, I was lying in bed one day or one morning, maybe a week or two later, and I got a phone call and it was from Monash Uni saying, We've ex we're accepting you into the accounting program. Um, so, you know, I know you got your first round offer, but, you know, we're, we're giving you your first preference. Um, you know, all you need to do is say yes. And they woke me up. I wasn't too happy about it. Um, <laughs> and, and I literally just said on the phone, look, I'm not, I'm actually not interested. So it's okay. Like I'm, I'm fine. And then hung up. <laughs> and I, I don't, I wasn't thinking straight at the time. And I don't, I don't really recollect the moment that well, but the, the moment of going to Melbourne uni and just seeing all these hot chicks, life changing for me. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know where, where the path would have gone if I didn't do that. Because I'm sure, like, I was very fixed on going to Clayton because it was so close to home. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all nice. about women. I don't know. Uh... It's not like I got with any of them, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but good like doing. You try. 
It's not like you didn't try to. <laughs> did, did you run away like Tubbs? <laughs> uh, maybe oh, I had to take the train two hours to get back to Springvale. <laughs> no, I did not run away, but yeah. But no, that was life-changing for me. Pete always went the... Pete always went the, I'll become friends with her. Yeah, I'll yeah played, the, her. played the long uh, game. Played the long game, like I do with Roto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whereas, whereas when Zane likes someone, he annoys them into like yeah. having them come to me and tell tell me to tell him to fuck off. <laughs> uh, same result. <laughs> Good times. Uh, hey, at least things have changed now um, with uh, confidence levels. Like, so that's good. Um, yeah, but fortunately, we don't yeah. have to worry about that anymore. Nice. Yeah. Very, oh, this... very evident um, with Tubsy as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm going on mute. I've got to let this dog out now. She can't make up her mind. But um, yeah, yeah. Next. Good story. Good one. Very good. Thank one. you. Cam, do you have another? Uh, not on the top of my head. No. I think... what, what are you thinking? We'll go to Zane. Go to Zane. All right. Okay. I guess uh, I can combine these uh, the two together. I mean, uh, obviously. Um, for me, the life-changing moment was um, the life-changing moment, I would say, is when um, my mom decided that we'll move to Australia, right? Because my dad was already there. So uh, obviously, there we, we wanted to re reunite with my dad. So he was away um, for seven years before we are actually... So between the age of three and seven, I didn't see my dad at all because he was in Australia. So um, um, we decided to move to Australia to reunite with my dad. So that mm. was the, basically the start of um you know my 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 time in australia so i guess that's that's a really a life-changing moment for me it was it's the first time i've ever been overseas uh we we traveled before we went to australia we traveled to hong kong um for a week and then we then we um took the flight to the long flight um to australia and uh, when i got to australia it was like oh, wow it's um you know completely different society obviously um back then you, you know China was uh, still a developing country. Uh, we didn't have a lot of the things that um, you know what at the time Australians were used to. So um, it was really a, a an eye-opening experience for me. Um, you know that's um, so that was uh, one life-changing experience. And then obviously um, the other one, which is sort of on, along the same path, is. Um, when I decided to move back to China. So that was a very quick decision, Tim, if you remember, because um, I was looking for a change of scenery um, uh, at the time, but I wasn't really specifically looking for overseas jobs. Mm. So I was looking for jobs away from what I was doing at the time. And I was applying for a couple, right, um, within ANZ and, and so forth. And um, this specific uh, role came, popped up um, um, one day, and he said, yeah, based out of Beijing, um, a credit analyst role. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can I can leverage off my um, Chinese, right, uh, and English. So I thought, yeah, you know, I can do it. So I, I applied. And that when I applied, it was in, um, in March. Mm. And two months later, um, I'm, I was in Beijing. So it was a really <laughs> quick process. Um, so I, I didn't really put too much thinking into it. Uh, but obviously... Um, it was a, a life-changing moment for me to see that ad and click uh, apply and um, make that <laughs> I like how you pinpointed the moment. <laughs> but yeah, you know, 
I, I, you know, uh, 14 years, uh, actually 16 years later, I'm still in China. So it's, it's, uh, it's I would say, very life-changing uh, from that perspective, right? So. I actually remember that we had just come out of, on, on um, which street was it? Uh, it could have been could be just Collins. on the corner of Lons, Lons. No, I think it was the corner of Lon, near Lonsdale, and I can't remember what that road is anymore. It's been so Burke, long since I've been in the city. I know. Anyway, <laughs> couldn't be Lonsdale and Burke. But anyway, um, it, uh, we were we were just coming out of that Vietnamese place, the the chicken and cow one. Yeah. And I remember you getting a call, and I can't remember if that was you've got the job or you're in the last last two or something or other. But that was I the first that, time I think yeah, you actually told me, was... hey, we just got the <laughs> yeah. got this role. Yeah. I don't think there were any other candidates, so they were. I mean, I was there in the sucker. <laughs> come on, come on, Tim. You know that's Russell Street, right? Yeah. I do now. Oh, Russell yeah. Street. Yes. Come on. Yeah. I can see it, but I, I can't remember it's, it. It's okay for me not to remember, but for you not to remember, it's pretty atrocious. Hey, I haven't been to the city for like bloody two years. <laughs> I haven't been in Australia for five years as well, so <laughs> I do know my Viet food. That's actually one of my other um, life-changing yeah. moments. But anyway. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was uh, that was uh, the two life-changing moments I, I had. Uh, a bit heavy, but uh, you know, yeah, good. You know, it was a quick decision, and it, it was the right decision looking back. So, quite clearly, yes. Hmm. Hey, when you first moved to Australia, could you speak any English at all? No, I mean, well, I can say a couple of words, right? Because you know, I was grade five, and we didn't. English wasn't. I um, it wasn't a compulsory subject, so. Yeah, you know, I learned a few words here and there. Probably can say my name is whatever, but I didn't have a name back then. <laughs> Not <in> the English name. <laughs> no, so I had to um had to learn it all from scratch. Um, uh, can can you remember at all how hard it was communicating in English when you couldn't speak any of it? Yeah, yeah, can yeah. Because I went to um I went straight to grade six, and you know, grade six kids were mean. They were bastards, right? So. And back then, it wasn't the most inclusive um, uh, population, right? In nineteen early nineties, people were still very politically incorrect, or a lot of them were, or, you know, downright racist, right? So I was, um, you know, because I, could, I didn't speak any English, I was getting teased very often, and would often get into fights actually um, um, because people were picking on me. Um, so you know, we had some big kids in the school would come up and just tap me on the head then i'll be really pissed off and say why are you picking on me i wouldn't say that in english i'll just be like what are you doing or whatever and then they will continue to smack my head and i'll just punch back and that's how i would often get into fights because of that so no rocks but <laughs> yeah i'm like no, i wish i had a lot of rocks but no <laughs> there were no rocks uh but uh yeah i was getting into fights and uh, i don't think i was winning many of them because the the kids were much stronger um, they were, you know, big footy players, but, you know, had to stand up for myself. Um, yeah. So, um, but, uh, you know, it got better over time um, as I, um, as my English skill improved. So. Mm. Um, okay. Good one. I will, maybe I'll, I'll go to, the, to, to changing jobs for the first time. Um, that was a big life changing one for me. Um, so I, I worked with Pete and my, uh, at my first job, which was uh, the conditions. I, I probably joke about how bad they were, but they were, they were actually pretty good, mainly because we stuffed around whenever we wanted to. We worked long hours, but that was our own fault. Um, I, I in particular <laughs> remember people like Shaz, who I only ever saw on YouTube, 
um, but obviously just killed it and continually got promoted and the rest of it. Um, and he would obviously work ridiculous hours and we kind of all did the same. We watched, we did a lot of streaming of, of NBA back in the day that we hadn't paid for um, back then. I remember that. So that it was that kind of added to the um, work conditions of having to stay at work for a lot longer. Um, but I remember post GFC, um, it was probably a year or so later, I was getting a little bit pissed off with, with work and um, how, how people were, were treated. And um, for a couple of years, um, some of the guys in my team had been continually leaving to the same firm um, where one of the ex-directors who didn't quite make partner had gone and um, we'd all, or everyone had kind of followed. And I was one of the last ones still staying at Deloitte. So I did remember one particular night I got pissed off. I'm like, that's it. And they call him. And they call him. It's been, he's been calling for three years to try and get me across. I'll, I'll give him a buzz. Um, it all happened pretty quickly. I remember I went up to, to their offices uh, at the other round and end of town. So we were at Deloitte, we're at 550 um, Burke Street and they were up in Nauru House. And I was like, oh, nice little change. I'm going to join uh, this firm, WHK. It's up at the other end of town. I'm not going to see anyone anymore. Get up there, had an interview. All went really well. It wasn't even an interview. It was a sign here chat. kind of thing. <laughs> it was a chat. Um, and the first thing they said, oh, Tim, just got to let you know, we're actually moving buildings. We're moving to the tower <laughs> next to 550 Burke Street. <laughs> and at that time, I think I was on level uh, 12. Um, and they said, look, we're, we're, we're on tower, tower one, uh, level 12. And so we're going to be on the same level and you can see directly across to your old, <laughs> old team. Like, oh, this is fantastic. So... So I uh, I left and, and basically went directly next door. The big thing, though, that was a change was I went from um, not, not terribly paid at Deloitte because I had been promoted relatively quickly, but nice little pay bump. But all of the, all of the perks kind of came after that, which I'd never heard of in a professional services firm. So the first thing I remember the guys telling me was, you know, if you work an extra half an hour a day, um, once a month, you can take an RDO. And I was like, what is this place? <laughs> I get an RDO. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Um, and, and I remember the first day I turned up um, and I was expecting it's going to be a, a long, it's, it's day one, but you got to put in the hours. So I'll, I'll make sure I have a long day. Um, and, it, and the guys from my old team were trying to call me at about 5.30ish. Um, and I eventually got a text and they're like, why don't you pick up your phone? And I'm like, I, it's not ringing. <laughs> And it so turns out that uh, the firm had an auto voicemail, which kicked in at 5.15, which is a little bit different to Deloitte, where you had to pick up the phone when somebody somebody called and at 5.15, you should still be working. So that was a, a nice little perk. And then it continued um, in that at six o'clock, uh, the lights in the office automatically also turned off because no one was supposed to be there anymore. So <laughs> Can I you turn them back on? You, you could turn them back on, oh, okay. um, but if the lights turned off, why would you? <laughs> it's time to go home. No, I mean, for, for the roster date off, off um, for the RDO, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but all I remember was talking to guys back at, at the old firm after that. I'm like, so I, I seem to have <laughs> gone to a job where get paid more to work less, to have more benefits. Uh, I don't know what, what's going on with the world. Um, and that, that probably took me to... Um, something for the rest of my career, which was to also look, always look at the perks that you can get um, as nice. part of as part of all of this, and it's probably continued a little bit. So 
Um, but that that was the first time that my eyes opened a little bit to what else was out there. Fantastic. Uh, it's kind of like Pete. It's kind of like Pete's story. Pete's story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what's that? With the no, with the hot chicks. It, you, you, you were. <laughs> You, you're going yeah, for you the are, perks. You are, yeah, you're anyway. going for the perks. <laughs> uh, you, oh, I guess so. <laughs> In a way. It all's well, ends well. Hey, Cam, have you thought of any other story that may have been a life-changing point? Uh, yeah, recently we went out for dinner. Uh, the Melbourne boys. We went to Glen Waverley. Mm. And I ended up being the token white guy. <laughs> and the abuse and ridicule I cop that night from yourself and the other boys uh, was severely life-changing in that now my <laughs> self-esteem has been shot and I will never eat with you boys using chopsticks ever again. Um, and that changed well, my can't, life. Can't you, use, can't you use chopsticks? Well, I thought I could. But when I'm the only white guy and basically in the entire restaurant and everyone on my table is judging me, it just, it, my self-esteem took a shot. That's for sure. It was life-changing. Mate, you're not uh, playing the role properly. Oh, I know. Why? That's the token white guy. You've got to show them up. Oh. You need more practice. You need more practice. <laughs> well, and, and you normally would because when you stand up, the first thing is that you're the tallest. Um, which was always Pete's thing as well. Not That's hard when the starting on the table. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were sitting, Cam, Cam, still tall. Yeah. Cam's, Cam's missing that yellow fever. So he's missing that key ingredient for being the token white guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been funny because our Triple X team, like we play against a lot of Asian teams with a token white guy who plays center. And Cam has always played center in our team. But there's always yeah. been another white guy. We've always guy. had two, I think, in in, in Triple X. Brendan, right? <laughs> it's been and now Jacko. Yeah, it was up. Pete oh. and then then Brendan, then Jacko along the way. David Litos right back at the start. Oh yeah, yeah Litos, yes. We've Litos. had a few. <laughs> but people will look at Jacko. He's like, no, he's not the token white guy. <laughs> he's the token young guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cam's the token yeah. old guy. Must be his dad. Uh, Pete, do you have another story? Uh, yeah. Um, which one? Hang on, I'm looking through. I've got I've got a fair few. Um, some of them have touched on themes that I was going to talk about as well. Um, that I'll, I'll just ignore. This one, I'll, I'll just send this one out to my dad. And this one was, um, let's call it dumb luck, but I think it's something that changed my life, um, hence life-changing. So I don't remember the full situation. So it'll be a quick story, but everyone knows my dad and his garden and his lawn. It's immaculate. He's got the best well, garden yeah. and lawn in probably in the postcode, right? And he takes a lot of pride in it. Um, there was a period of time where I think he was hurt. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't walk or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But I was in charge of mowing the lawn. Never done it before. Um, 
the short story is never done it again. But um, but the longer <laughs> the longer version of it was, you know, I sort of tried to work it out, and I I remember trying to trying to do my best. I played a lot of golf, as as people on the podcast know, and you know, I have respect for grass. Um, but I think that's where my downfall was. I think what I tried to do was turn his lawn into a putting green um, <laughs> without realizing that uh, like normal grass can't just be mowed at like one inch, like uh, what, like one millimeter thick and it be like a putting green. Right? I just didn't, didn't realize the whole process. So uh, I think my mum had said like, you got to mow it because I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll, I'll do a good job. And, and I did it and it was shit. The thing burnt off. It was like there were parts where it just got hacked up by the lawnmower and I uh, just couldn't work it out. And I, I was never allowed, not that I was just never allowed to do it ever again. Uh, Life changing. If I had my time again um, and knew how to use the lawnmower, I would have done exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, God. I love it. But, yeah. Precedent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't be doing this again. So let's see what job I can do now. And then like as, as, a, as a spot of karma, when I, when we got our own place and we're in Doncaster and I had my own, my own lawn, got my own lawnmower and I'm like, oh, it makes lawn look good. I've learned from the mistake of like 20 years earlier when I fucked it up, <laughs> I'm going to make this good. Every time I would cut my lawn and like put lawn seed down to make it grow, like, the dog would just dig holes in it. So, <laughs> so I'd never, I could never do it. So I don't, I envy his ability to have so much care about his lawn because as soon as it looks no good and it's too hard, I'm just like, fuck this lawn. <laughs> I just can't be bothered anymore. So, yeah. Oh, I know nice. the feeling. That's why we've got artificial turf in the backyard now. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't a thing back then. But no, yeah. It wasn't. It definitely is now. Yeah. Right, a lot easier now. Who has the time? Uh, Zane, <laughs> Zane, back to you. Back to me. Uh, I guess. I guess another one. Uh, I, I guess another moment that uh, is life changing is, uh, I guess, meeting uh, Wendy. So that was the moment. I guess. Well, I know that um, made me stay in China, right? So I, I was. If I didn't meet Wendy, I would probably be you know, in Hong Kong or in Singapore or something like that. Um, so that was two years into my stay in China. I met Wendy um, and then, you know, that's all she wrote. So uh, I've been here for 16 years and ongoing. So I don't see myself going anywhere. Um, yeah. So how did you meet the makers? Can, can I wait? Can it aligned with that question? Yeah. How did you make her like you? <laughs> I was persistent. <laughs> I was going to say, she couldn't tell Pete to, to, to tell Zane. Yeah, she didn't know what to, to, to tell Kelly to fuck off. Right? <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah, that's no, true. No, but uh, I was I was persistent. I, you know, it was there was no WeChat. So, we, you know, uh, I kept kept on sending her messages and I uh, got her to come out um, on a date. You know, and then we sort of just went from there. But, uh, yeah. I was a I'm a likable guy. Come on. What, what do you What do you think she was most impressed by? Is it your ability to speak English, your Australian passport, you know, your skills, 
Um, I know you didn't have a six pack back then, so we won't even talk about <laughs> appearance. But like, yeah. what, do you, what do you, what do you, what do you oh, think I it was? No, what was it? I don't know. Did you so have a line? Had... Did she laugh at a joke? Ah, uh, yeah, my humour. Because <laughs> you know, the first time, the first time I met LK, like she, she was trying to convince me I was gay. I don't know why. We were there for a date, and I'm like, no, I'm interested in you. And she's like, no, you're gay. You just don't know it yet. I'm like, what the hell? So I'm wondering whether you whether you experienced any similar. No, um, she didn't. She didn't try to convince me that I was gay. <laughs> No, I meant a different thing, not the same thing that I had, but something different <laughs> that, that may have been a, a bit of a pushback because you were persistent. So was there some pushback persistent. at the start? Oh, no, but she, it, it took uh, a while to agree to, to, to come out with me. So I, I guess I was just too, so annoying that she decided to just come out and just to, uh, you know, just say yes for, to come out once and then I, I can get her rid of this guy, right? So, um, but you know, I, I managed to wink her over with my charm and humor. Charm and humor. There you go. You got to the bottom of it. Mm. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if it's factual, but you got to the bottom of something. Well, it's it's, it's, it's the same thing. There's no way for for you guys to fact check, so I'm just going to go with that. (laughs) You can't Google that shit. (laughs) Oh, that's gold. I can probably read about it in her book, but I'll have to get Charlie to read it and tell me all about it. Yeah, Charlie has got the book, so you get him to read it. Uh, I know he's re- about it. he read it. He actually read it and then told yeah. me all about it. But yeah, I've there is a story in there. Yeah, uh, but uh, but no. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so meeting Wendy was. Uh, I, I did back to your question, Tim. I, I met her at a. Uh, it was actually an Australian Chamber of Commerce event, um, and um, so being um, part of ANZ, I was you know I was attending that network event, and she was a. She was like, um, she was there because her friend had asked her to come and hand, hand out some business cards because she was doing um, her own PR company at the at that time. So, so we basically exchanged cards and we sat down around because her friend was a friend of my boss at the time, and we was just sort we sort of just sat around the same table and just chat chatted away. So, yeah, Very that was the first time I met her. Yeah. And you got a card. Some, some proper yeah, I got a card. Yeah, I got a card. I, I kept on feeding her food. I'm like, oh, you, you look hungry. Yeah, have another, <laughs> you know, have another skewer. <laughs> oh, lovely. Well, I guess yeah. everyone else has talked about the significant other, so I should probably say something about how you I met sure. you. Well, you're you're going to get in trouble <laughs> otherwise. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing about Pig and I is we... we like we met when um, we were in uni days, but not at the same uni. But we often, at, at that time at least, had talked about how coincidental some of our um, time periods have been. And we could have met a lot earlier. And if we had, we probably never would have gone out, <laughs> to be honest. Oh. I mean, me, me as a younger, a younger me. Um, and, and so we, we are exact, almost exactly the same age. I'm a day older. So we were in the same year level. Um, she went to Wesley and I was supposed to go to Wesley, um, but for a scholarship that took me to, to Trinity. Um, so we could have met there. We would have been in the, the same year level. Um, and, and she had said that if we had met in high school, then it would have been no go after that. So, um, so maybe lucky that never happened. Uh, we ended up doing the same course at different unis as well. So she did commerce, um, what do they call it? Information systems. Commerce oh, yes. Yep. At, at, at Melbourne. 
that was a course that was also, I think that might've been my first preference actually. Um, but I ended up doing com, the equivalent com BS business systems or bullshit because that, that actual degree did nothing for anyone who did that straight. <laughs> um, that, that I, I got a, a, a call for a scholarship there. So I ended up going to Monash, which was a lot closer. And all the same reasons that Pete said was the reason that I ended up going there, uh, that I could drive there in, in less than 15 minutes. Um, I didn't really go to uni that much anyway, but uh, when I did, it was close. And that was the main reason that I wanted to go to Monash. Um, but we didn't meet at uni. We actually met at our part-time job. And she had played badminton at, at Wesley through her, um, her schooling uh, there and had come back as a coach for the girls team. I um, had gone, I'd wanted to, to coach at Trinity, but to be honest, it was too far away and I couldn't be bothered. So I ended up applying and getting a job coaching badminton at, uh, at Wesley. And I think I might've said this already. Uh, the only reason I got it was because I was Asian. Yes. Um, quite clearly. <laughs> so, oh, this guy, what does he want to do? Oh yeah, we'll give him badminton. So it turned out that I coached the boys' team. She coached the girls' team. Uh, quite often, the training was at Monash Uni, as it turned out. So I'd, I'd for um, a reason that I talked about with um, side hustles, I used to finish uni, drive to Wesley to get on the bus so I could get paid more waiting for the bus <laughs> and taking the bus to go back to Monash to so train at Monash. You left that part, you left that part out last time. You, didn't say you, <laughs> you, did, you left that part out, yeah. <laughs> you, you, got, you, got, you got travel time pay, so... <laughs> got got on the bus at, at Wesley, traveled to Monash, did that training, um, got back on the bus, went back to Wesley, waited till all the kids kids left so I could get that pay. Um, and so we conversed during those those waiting periods. Um, and uh, that's, how started. that's how we first Wait, met. so you, the previous time you told that story, the part of yeah. that story, yes, you used it in the context of, uh, you know, haha, I would line up the Geelong grammar trips so that yes. we would get the long bus ride. What yes. I didn't appreciate was that you basically got paid to try to pick up women and one uh, woman in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly, pretty... exactly correct. That, that side <laughs> hustle has just been elevated. Yeah, nicely done. <laughs> that's how you do it. Can I, can that's, I, a life, can I ask... that's a life, that's a life yeah, hustle. Yeah. Can I ask that whether any of the kids that you were coaching um, were catching on that you and Peg were an item or were you guys, did you guys go out while you guys were coaching them? Uh, right towards the end. Okay. Right, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't have people, been long. Did, did the kids catch on that you guys had like obviously liked each other in that kind of way? Uh, yeah, I got teased a little bit. Oh, <laughs> okay. So yes, yeah. they, 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 they worked it out. So when they tease you, do you give them like extra laps to run? Uh, well, I always gave them extra laps to run, so that's just part of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We run didn't know how to laps. teach them any badminton, I so exactly. People be like, "Oh, we're we're, we're we're back at Wesley. You got to run another five laps so I can collect that extra five bucks." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you were bad on the bus. You weren't. You didn't have on. Suicides. Come on. Let, let's stay here for another fifteen minutes. Yeah, I was just doing basketball training with them. Well, aren't we supposed to be using a badminton racket? No, I don't know how to use that. Let's, let's go for some runs. Suicides again. Uh, Cam, nice. do you have another? Uh, I think I'm done. You're done? I'm done. Pete Zane, do you have any others? No, I'm good. 
No, I'm good as well. We, we can I don't want to. I don't want to bore you with any more. Um, any more stories? Well, we can leave that for another time. Uh, we'll close that out. We don't have a recurring section um, anymore. Or we might one day when Pete gets going again on two K. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no pressure. Um, the next draft. <laughs> I'm ready for the next draft. Waiting for the next Olympics. But since Cam is on, I did want to mention a fantasy uh, EPL comp that we're running. Um, and, and the reason I wanted to mention it is that there is there is an interesting little twist to the for the winner um, and the loser. So we've gone with, I'm not sure, guys, if you've seen it, but a lot of, particularly the US um, fantasy comps, the loser often has to do some kind of task. Um, so quite often you'll see them... You know, walking the streets with a with a billboard saying I'm shit at fantasy um, and, and walking down <laughs> naked <laughs> or something to that effect. Um, so we've been doing this EPL comp for a couple of years, but there's been nothing ever on the line. Last year, we did a bigger one. Um, I got some people from work and some others involved. So there's actually money on the line. Uh, unfortunately, none of us won. Cam got relatively close. He was up the top for most of the season. Um, but some of the others, because there wasn't, a, I guess, a penalty or a reason to compete after you'd sucked for the first few weeks, like Tubsy um, and, and Mike. Shaz, who did his team once and then never looked at it again, um, they, they all dropped off and lost a bit of interest. So this time round, Cam put out the notion that maybe the winner, uh, the loser, um, should have some kind of punishment. And, and he went pretty hard very early, saying that the loser should get a tattoo of the winner's wow. team. Wow. Um, which Tubsy responded to immediately with a no. <laughs> and look, it makes sense. He knows how bad he is at this, this comp. <laughs> yep. Um, and the rest of us proceeded to turn that down. Uh, Cam, obviously very, very, very confident in his abilities um, and has done very well historically. And very uh, confident in Tubbs being shit. And, and very <laughs> well. Yep, absolutely. Um, what we did land on, though, was instead that um, we, we, we all, to an extent, follow our teams pretty passionately. Tubsy less so because he doesn't really know who plays for his team. But um, <laughs> as Campbell, Campbell Brown also put in his message. Um, but what we decided is the loser would have to wear a warm-up top of the winning, team, the winning team's team that they support um, mm. and, and do that for the next year. To triple X um, games, so and and the and the loser has to pay for that as well. Um, it's it's since then got got a little bit um, skewed, and we've added a few extra bits to it where the winner can also pick the name of a of a player as well, um, just to yeah, add the annoyance to the loser <laughs> having to wear a shirt of someone they hate. Um, but we are two weeks in, and unbelievably. Tubsy is leading the competition. Oh. <laughs> Come out of nowhere. Um, Cam is sitting in third at the moment, uh, very close behind me. Um, Tubbs has got a little bit of a lead on us. Mike is sucking it up, just like the team he follows, well down the bottom uh, and could be in for a tough season, I think. So Mike could be wearing this, this potentially a United top at the moment. Um, oh. uh, do, do we have... Cam, do you remember who Tubsy had uh, nominated potentially for Mike to? Was it wear? Van Nisselroy? I think it was rude. No, not Van. Uh, Van Percy. Van Percy. Van yes. Percy. That, that uh, hurts him a little bit. Yeah. 
This is nice. this is Tubbs Tubbs playing the long game. This is he's taken <laughs> this from Zane. Like, I can I can tell he's actually tried this time. This is kind of like his approach to this podcast as well. Underestimate him, and then when it matters, he just comes and delivers. No, disagree completely. This is Tubbs. <laughs> this is Tubbs. Whenever we play a video game, Tubbs would play it first and be awesome at it. And then we'd figure it out and we'd catch up and we'd beat him every time. <laughs> he started the season well. He's done well. we'll Tim and I will figure it out. We'll catch him up. And by the end of the year, he'll be down the bottom with Mikey. <laughs> Guarantee it. Right, this just got interesting. Yeah. It, it sounds it like really you guys did. need another bet. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing was that there's one person we need to call out was we have this chat about soccer and it's tim tubs mike myself and then there's shaz and shaz quite is quite enthusiastic at putting his two cents in and having a go at all of us <laughs> but would not enter this competition the softness level was unbelievable hugely and, and not just that didn't answer any of the questions to him <laughs> to Definitely enter put to him on multiple occasions yes just ignored just, them ignored them just soft that's pretty very, soft. Very soft. Yep. That is very soft. Yep. And and look, I reckon that if we had told uh, Pete and Zane, you guys, about this kind of competition where the loser cops a, a penalty, uh, you, you might have thought about entering, even though you might not follow it, um, Pete, probably at all. Um, so so but so I think we are calling out Shaz as, as super soft. Franny also didn't go in after he was in last year's one. I know he, he, he follows the EPL, but lost... Um, lost yeah well didn't follow didn't follow the fantasy lost interest in that pretty quickly last year yeah. he, he's another who should have been in this but how does, how does this competition how does the competition work is it getting players it is getting players like a salary uh, cap weekly right salary cap so, yeah you got so to know a little been, bit about some of the players oh so it's like virtual gm oh, i would have dominated yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you remember um tim i know you called me out as not knowing uh, and I don't follow, but I was just saying you um, follow EPL. But you and I don't at all. Like, uh, is Alan Shearer still around? No, I don't. <laughs> like, I, I don't follow. Right, he's he's the all-time scorer. I, I know, I know bits. Um, but if you remember, Deloitte ran a competition for clients back ages ago for one of the World Cups, where you had to do something similar. You had to put a team of um, people on the field. Um, and you know, I know you say that I might not know that much about soccer, and you're probably true because I sucked at that competition, but but I was in it. There you yeah. go. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were, you were dominant. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah. It up beautifully. You know, I set it up, but no, I was terrible at it. But but I but I, I think you're right. I think you know, you put a little bit on the line, give me something I don't know about us, I'll still, I'll still go but, for it. Yeah. Yeah, really the thing me. that didn't that the, I knew there was a competition for that, but and the thing that I didn't want to I didn't want to do was because it was a daily um oh sorry it was a weekly roster weekly. change or something like yeah it's only, wanna... it's only a couple of minutes once a week yeah you can't... yeah but I want to if I enter I want to win so I'll have to do research and shit, oh you so. you go uh this is Zane going the long game again he's yeah. trying to goad yeah. us into into next year's yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so speaking of fantasy sports ultimate footy next year. We need to bring in a punishment for that. Those who come last. Oh, that, I that like, will oh. make Zane and Shaz actually turn up to the draft. <laughs> I tried to turn up actually, or, or, or not, or not turn up to the competition, depending on whether it's Zane or Shaz. <laughs> Good point. There's, Good point. There's always Shaz, but Shaz probably won't join next year. <laughs> we can find a replacement. 
Uh, I, I like that idea. I like the idea of the punishment of coming last because we do have a lot of competitions where people drop off and don't pay any attention um, after the draft, which this can get a little bit annoying when it's trading available. Um, this one there's not, but... It's perfect for ultimate footy because it's set and forget, so you really got to nail that draft. Yep. Yep. I like it. Let's, let's do it. I'm Good happy with that. that yeah, fine. It's okay. Okay. Well, it's, it's official now because it's on the podcast. <laughs> Can't take it back. Shaz, Shaz, are you in? <laughs> lock, call lock in. that in. Call, call out Shaz. I like it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now um, before we finish up, Cam, I've got a question for you. Um, fantasy NBA, interest level in joining a competition for that? Look, I would, I would join and I would quite happily try and beat you guys but you guys have added me to the fantasy nba chat i don't know how many times and never actually invited me into the event so i've always <laughs> left the group <laughs> i know you're scared but that's okay and, um, and that was the, the public call out to find out if if you're in because uh, potentially we need some an expansion team it sounds like and, and cam will be active Potential, we, we call him that often, so and he's not going to take that lying down being called out. Yeah, you'll come yeah. back. So, I, I, I think there, there might need to be a change. We have competition, we have years, years, and years ago done an expansion. Um, and COVID would have been the perfect excuse for another one, but um, no one dropped out, unfortunately. Um, we could have gone the other way and added more, but we didn't. So it's still time. The, it's new, still leagues, time. the new leagues next next month, late next month, it starts again, doesn't it? It does. Yep. It's fifty days or something, I think. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe rather than expanding, maybe you can inherit. Maybe you can buy a team. Oh. Yeah. Well. Depends how expensive it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, Des, Des is on an annuity anyway because he just soaks up luxury tax and just just makes money every year. So he probably won't say, sell. You can actually get a bit of cash by doing nothing. Yeah. So he probably won't sell. But uh, jang has got one of the worst teams going around. So you probably wouldn't want to inherit his team. They, it just cannot win playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, and he won't sell for cheap. Or market value, so you're paying. Going he, he would definitely hustle you for sure. Can we, yeah. can we get him to buy an NBL team and just give it fantasy for free? <laughs> I like that idea. Then, then does Triple X start playing in the NBL? Yeah, yeah maybe you <laughs> could some somehow sell him Triple X, even though you don't own it, and and yeah. exchange it for not for a washing machine, but for for his fantasy team. <laughs> Oh, David Jang was one of the original members of Triple X. He was. And, yes. So we got How many better. games did he play? Um, he played a season. Let, let me share a funny moment because it is a very funny moment. We've got a little bit of time, right, Tim? Yeah. Um, David Jang does not know how to play basketball. Really has never watched basketball um, or maybe he's watched it but hasn't really followed how the rules work. Um, and as, as this was pre-Cam, but Cam knows my strategy, right? Sit out at the 45, try to get some space, 
look for Tim to do the the kind of the fake pass right, and then the guy moves and just far enough away so that when he passes to me, I get the clear shot. Um, and that was the strategy. And the guy, they were playing three men out, and I didn't like it because I didn't have enough space. So I said to Jang when he came on, and his first ever game of basketball he's ever played, and I said, hey, Jang, all you need to do in offense is stop that guy from coming near me. Like, whatever you need to do, just do it. And he would just basically shirt front the guy. Just constantly, like, shirt front. Just wouldn't let him pass, right? And and he just, he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even know where the ball was. He was just making sure this guy could not get through, right? And, and he's mouthing off at him and all this kind of stuff. And as it ended up, and, and we know, like, uh, Zane and Tim both know where the story ended, but, um, and Cam, I'm sure you know as well, but where it ended up was him taking other tactics because um, the, referee, <laughs> the referee was telling him he wasn't allowed to do that. So he decided to be kind of sneaky um, and try a different approach. So when he thought the ref wasn't looking, he would try to knee the guy up the ass. <laughs> Uh, and he just became famous for for kneeing people up the ass. So um, one of that that was definitely first season triple X, first yeah. few games of triple X. Um, yeah, yeah. The other memorable um, thing about Jang playing for triple X was at the time we had a penalty for um, for air balls. It was two bucks for an air ball, and uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, there was one game. I think it was the same knee up the ass game. Uh, it was half time, and um, the ball ended up somehow in James. Wait, can I, was that- before you tell the story, I'm going to add one more fact to it. Yeah. He said, I will never, ever get a penalty because I don't yeah. shoot. I will yeah. never shoot. I'm just not going to shoot. That's right. Yeah. Carry on. So, <laughs> so back, to, back to the story. So it was um, half, it was, uh, uh, I think there was about a, a second to go. Somehow the ball ended up in Jang's hands at half court. He just decided that he wanted to shoot. <laughs> so he takes a half-court shot. And not, if you know Jang's shooting action, it, you know, even from free throw lines, uh, the free throw line, it, 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 he struggles to make the distance. So, <laughs> so needless, to say, needless to say, the ball didn't, didn't go anywhere near the ring. <laughs> I don't even think it made the three-point line. No, he, no probably he not. To, but it he tried to hoik it. Yeah, he tried to hoik it. So he's famous for that one. And the other time that he had tried to shoot, it went backwards. Um, which was, I think, the game before the penalty. Because yeah. when we brought it, we brought in the penalty to try to stop him shooting, I think. But, um, yeah, Triple uh, X in those days. I remember it was our first ever game, Tim, where we came out with our new team, got our, our black, and, black and blue jerseys on, and Nick Wong did his ACL first game. Oh. And for yeah. him, it was the first few seconds on the court. Yeah, yeah, and he's never played basketball before either. And he was just reaching, did his ACL, never played again. Yeah. Was was Jang the replacement for him? Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure. Not sure. Not sure, actually. But if he was, he was a good replacement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Tim, Tim, can we bring that punishment back? Uh, <laughs> who does the money go to? <laughs> the rest of the team. Be yeah. fun. It goes to the end of end of year Sophia's dinner. Oh yes, that would be an interesting one. 
That would be a big dinner. I, can I? I'm a flame. You can fly me in for that. Well, 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 if you want to make it bigger, not just air balls, but missed layups. Oh, that would all oh come on. No, no. no you, you, how much money do you think these people make? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacko can afford it now. <laughs> Tony can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> for Tony, it's right-hand layups missed. No, 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 Tony. It's Tony's one's uh, open layups missed when he's got oh, two that's or three blokes all over him. He's money every time. Yeah. That, that is true. true. Yep, yep. Jacko, it's just basketball. <laughs> <laughs> it's tougher. <laughs> okay, guys, that was good. We need to finish it up there because we are nearly at our time limit, and I think we're out of stuff. Um, we'll be back next week. Thank you, Cam. Fantastic um, thanks, as a guest. Yes, thanks, thanks for Cam. Coming on. Pleasure. Well done for winning Ultimate Footy. Thank you. Uh, we'll see back. how you go next year. <laughs> <laughs> back to back. <laughs> early call. That, is that the early crow, Tim? We'll, we'll uh, talk about that in about uh, 52 weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that is the early crow. One person uh, who's definitely not going the early crow again is Mike. He's going yeah. the opposite for everything. <laughs> He's just so down. <laughs> we're up by a million points. We're losing this. We're, we're, yeah, we're done. Losing this. We're done. We're done. <laughs> Franny, what do you think? We're done. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be back with the next topic, uh, another topic next week. We'll work out what that is, and maybe another guest. We'll see. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. See you, boys. Thanks. Cheers, boys. Bye. <laughs>